Amen. All right. So we're going to go through Romans chapter 4 today, and I want to show you all something that I'm hoping was going to be a real big help to you. Let me read the first few verses, and I'm going to say a few things about them. It says, what should we say then uh, that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. I think right there that's shown pretty clearly that Abraham was not justified by works. If he did, if he were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory. That's what it says. But then it says, but what saith the scripture? How was he justified? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward reckoned, not of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not... But believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. Now what we're going to do this morning, we're going to do a little Bible study on Romans chapter 4. And, I'm going to, and then, and then I, I'm going to just kind of preach for a little bit. All right? But I, I want to do a little Bible study before I just kind of preach to you a little bit. I want to show something that's very important. You know, as we're seeing the fundamental Baptist world, I believe going to full-blown apostasy, we're watching them cling more and more to some of the more vague scriptures in the Bible to just hang on to their false doctrine, their work salvation, and things like that. And what I want to do, I want us to go through Romans chapter 4, and I want to help bring some clarity to, I believe, one of the more difficult passages in the Bible, which is James 2. Okay, Because in James 2, we see a statement that, on one hand, it looks like an opposite statement of what we see here in Romans chapter 4. And this is one that many people struggle with and have a tough time figuring out. But look what it says in James chapter 2, verse 20, because we just read in Romans 4, Abraham was not justified by works. But it says, But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? So right there we see that Abraham was justified by works. Where in Romans it said he was not justified by works. What's going on here? And one of the things that I've often said, and, and it's partially true, is that, well, Romans 4 is talking about one thing and James 2 is talking about something else. But actually, I'm going to show you Romans chapter 4, I do believe part of this, pa- this chapter is talking about the same thing that we're seeing in James 2. It's just people are missing a certain aspect of what it means to be a child of Abraham and also what it means to be justified. And this is something that, you know, some of this has just kind of gone over my head before. But as I was going through this passage, because uh, I'm wanting to do a couple sermons on the faith of Abraham. I want to preach a message on faith for the believers. Okay, and so what we're going to do right now, we're going to study these passages. So we're going to, I want us to understand some things when it comes to the faith of Abraham. And then on the next couple weeks after that, we're going to talk about the faith of Abraham. Because we're supposed to learn from that even after we get saved. And the title of my sermon this morning is A Twofold Child of Abraham. A Twofold Child of Abraham. Because what does that mean? Because I believe the Bible teaches here in Romans chapter 4 that there's more than one way to be a child of Abraham. Okay? And there, now, don't go freaking out and running out of the place yet. All right? There's, when it comes to being in Christ, when it comes to salvation, there's only one way. But did you know you can be saved... And in another sense of that term, child of Abraham, you cannot be a child of Abraham. 
And I'm going to show you that as we go through this passage. And then I think it will also help bring some clarity to what we're seeing in James chapter 2. So let's go ahead and go through uh, Romans chapter 4 to help us with this. Because over and over again, you know, the New Testament explains that we are not justified by works. And we see that everybody wants to focus on the one passage where it says that we are justified by works. Even though over and over again it says we're not. So let's go ahead and let's go through... Uh, some things here because notice how in Romans 4 4 or in Romans 4 3 it says Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness and let's look at when that happened in uh, Genesis chapter 15 in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 5 it says and he brought him forth abroad and said look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them and he said unto him so shall thy seed be and he believed in the Lord And he counted it to him for righteousness. Now, if you go and you look at this, Abraham was in his 70s when this took place. In his 70s, that is when he believed the Lord. And the Bible says he counted it to him for righteousness. I believe this is when Abraham got saved. God called him out of that land. God kind of chose Abraham. God told Abraham, I'm going to multiply your seed as the stars. And Abraham believed God and God counted it to him for righteousness. That's right. What it says right there in Romans 4 When speaking of salvation, it goes to this passage in Genesis talking about when Abraham got saved, and he got saved by believing in God. So in verse 4, it says, Now to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt, but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. His faith is kind of for righteousness. God doesn't justify good people. He, unjust, he justifies the ungodly, which is all of us. David talked about this in verse 6. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness. We're being, being credited righteousness without works. Our righteousness today that we proclaim is not based on our church attendance, our church membership, any good thing we do. It is based on what Jesus Christ did. That is where our righteousness comes from. It comes from him. Blessed are they. So what about our sins? Well, it says blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. So, folks, we've got sins. We've got iniquities, but they've been forgiven. They've been covered by the blood of Christ. You can't cover something that isn't there. Verse 8 says, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. So cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only. Talk, is this only for the Jews? Which is where you know they, the Jews descended from Abraham. So this promise, does this only go to the Jews? But it says, look what it says. For... Um, Or upon the uncircumcision, that's everyone else, also. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. So is this just about the Jews? No, because it says, how was it reckoned? Because the Jews, one of their main things they had, their main symbol of being a Jew, was the circumcision. That was one of their main things they had. But notice what it says about Abraham. How was it reckoned when he was in circumcision? Or an uncircumcision, not in circumcision, but an uncircumcision. Did you know Abraham, he got saved in his 70s, that passage we read in Genesis 15, but he didn't get circumcised until after uh, the birth of Isaac, when he was 100. It was years later. 
So Abraham was saved before he received this seal of the circumcision, before he had done this work. Abraham was already saved. And notice what it says about that. It says, and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised. Now watch this. This is the key verse here. That he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. So God saved Abraham, and God specifically mentioned how Abraham was saved in Genesis chapter 15 before he was circumcised. Why? So he wouldn't just be the father of the Jews, but he could be the father of us also who are not of the circumcision. He could be the father of those of us who maybe we haven't received these things or we haven't done these works of the law. We could still be saved. We could still be children of Abraham. We could still receive the promises that were given to Abraham and his seed. We could receive all these things, even though we've not kept the law, even though we are ungodly and God proved that salvation was not by the works of the law by or by any of those things that God gave to the Jews because of the fact God saved Abraham even before those things. And so now in verse 11, he says that they, he can be the father of all them that believe if you're saved today, spiritually, you are a child of Abraham. If you're saved today, you can sing that song. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them. And so are you. So let's just praise our works. No, so let's just praise the Lord. That's what the song says. Let's just praise the Lord because we praise the Lord for our salvation. We look at his work for our salvation, not our own works. So, so watch how it says this. So. so it says he can be the father of them that believe, even though they've not done any works. But watch this, and the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had yet being uncircumcised. So notice he's the father of them that believe and he's the father of them that walk in the steps of Abraham. So what does it mean to be, a, when I say a twofold, because this is my term that I'm using, when I talk about being a twofold child of Abraham, if you're saved today, you are a child of Abraham, but if you have strong faith like Abraham, then you are also a child of Abraham. Where if you don't, if you're weak in the faith, and that's possible for a saved person to be weak in the faith, then you are not a child of Abraham in that sense. And it's the same thing, too, like when it comes to your kids. With my kids, they are all my kids, okay? No, no matter what they do, they will always be my kids. But if they follow in my footsteps, you know, then in another sense, you could say, you know, you know, that's a chip off the old block or, you know, he's just like, you know, he, they're kind of my children in another way, aren't they? If they follow in my footsteps, you know, if they go and one of my sons decides to be a pastor of the church of Satan or something like that. And a satanic pastor, you'd be like, how did he come from, you know, Pastor Tommy? Now, he's still my son, 
but boy, he's not my son, is he? You know, not, I mean, you know, my kids don't act like that, you know, and I do that all the time when my kids do things. If they do stuff that I wouldn't do, if they eat something that I wouldn't eat, you know, that's not my child, you know, that's my wife's child. And we all, we all kind of use these things, right? We've all done that before. Anytime they do something impressive, that's my child. You know, if they do something bad, that's, you know, their mother's child, or I don't know where they came from. We found them on our doorstep, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, we've, we've all done that before. So when I talk about being a twofold child of Abraham, I'm talking about, I believe the Bible's talking about, he's the father of all them that believe, but God goes farther than that to just calling him the father of those that believe. But if you're somebody who has great faith, then God also calls you a child of Abraham too. God's going to compare you to Abraham when you get, to everyone who gets saved, they're compared to Abraham. But when you get compared to Abraham after salvation, that's kind of another badge of honor, you could say. Because here you are showing great faith, you're like Abraham in that situation. And I'm going to show you uh, throughout this passage, I believe we, we see examples of that. And I believe, in a sense, that's what James 2 is talking about. Because I'm going to show you, there's actually, there's actually three different times in Abraham's life when the Bible imputes righteousness to Abraham. And I'm going to show you that even imputed righteousness isn't always necessarily a reference to salvation or being accounted righteous or credited righteousness. So let's go ahead and keep going through Romans chapter 4. Okay, because this, what I, so verse 12, 11 and 12, I believe it's saying here, Abraham is the father of those who believe who are not keeping the law, those who are of the uncircumcision, but he's also those, the father of those who are of the circumcision. And in other words, those who are keeping the law to the best of their ability, those who are walking in the footsteps of Abraham. Because let me tell you something about Abraham's faith. It didn't just stop when he got saved in his 70s. His faith definitely grew. His faith increased. He is known for being of faith because of the great faith that he had. So verse 13 says, For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void and the promise of none effect. And this is why the Jews are not going to inherit the land. This is why the Jews, they get nothing. Okay? This is why the Jews are under the wrath of God. Because they are only children by the law, and if you're of the law, then faith is made of none effect. Doesn't do you, it doesn't do you a bit of good. Now, they don't have to stay there. All they got to do is get saved. All they got to do is believe on Christ. All they have to do is be like Abraham. All they have to do is be children of Abraham, believe on Christ, and then they'll be fine. But verse 15 says, but the, because the law worketh wrath for where no law is there is no transgression so they are under the wrath of god and anytime somebody wants to bring them up and they want to go to the law to prove that they are the chosen people then you need to go to the new testament and show them well if they are the children according to the law then they are under the wrath of god that's what the bible teaches verse 16 therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end of the promise that to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So it was done this way, so salvation, it wouldn't just be for the Jews, but it would be for the whole world. 
So notice how they are not excluded from what we have. It's just they have rejected what we have. But they could have it too if they abide not still in unbelief, according to Romans chapter 11. So verse 17 says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. This isn't about one nation. We're not about just one country in the world. This is, he's the father of many nations. Before whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Notice how God called Abraham a father of many nations before he even had one child. You know why? Because once God makes a promise, it's as good as past history. Just like you can't change the past, okay, you can't change the future of what God has said is going to happen. And just like every time travel movie, you know, when they go back in time, you know, they, you never can change things. You know, it's the same thing when it comes to the, if God says something's going to happen in the future, you're beating your head against the wall trying to change that. It's going to happen. It's as good as done. And you know what? You can't change your past and you can't change what God has proclaimed for the future. It is set in stone. And that's what that verse means. And, but notice this in verse 18, he says, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform and therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. So let me ask you, when was Abraham saved? Did Abraham get saved when God told him in his 70s he was going to multiply a seed? Or was it when God told him at 100, Sarah's going to conceive? Because remember, years later, you know, Abraham, he's thinking, hey, you know what? God promised me a seed, and I'm getting pretty old. And it's not, you know, Sarah's not getting pregnant. And so remember what they did? He went and he had a child with Hagar. All right. Now that was not God's will for him to do that. That was not necessary for him to do that. But you know, his wife kind of talked him into doing that. He did that. That was wrong. But then later, you know, he comes along and these angels come when Abraham's a hundred years old, saying Sarah's going to get pregnant. She's going to have a child. And, you know, and he, the thing is, he laughed, and so Sarah laughed. Right. Abraham laughed too. But then, you know what, the Bible says, even though Abraham laughed at first, something changed somewhere. I don't know what happened. I don't know if, you know, his first instinct was to laugh, which is always, it's usually our first instinct to doubt. But all of a sudden, I don't know, he maybe just started thinking about God. He just started thinking about, you know, what he knew about God. And it's like, you know what, we are talking about the creator of the universe right here. And something ended up changing and he wasn't weak in the faith. And you know, it says he staggered not at the promise through unbelief. This is after he got saved. This is years later. And all of a sudden, Abraham, he's like, God said this is going to happen. This is going to happen. I'm going to have a wife. I'm going to have a child with my 90-year-old wife. All right? Think about that, Miss Hazel. All right, 90, she, was, she was only a couple years older. <laughs> she was only a couple years older than you. <laughs> so it's kind of gives a little pers- you know, perspective there. But folks, this was, this was an amazing miracle. Even back then, this was an amazing miracle. And this faith that Abraham had, it 
impressed God, it pleased God, and it says here that it was imputed to him for righteousness. So was Abraham saved when he believed God at seven in his 70s, or was it when he believed God at 100, or was it when he was willing to sacrifice Isaac at probably at least 130? Because look what it says in James 2, verse 21. It says, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? So here we have a third time in Abraham's life where the Bible says he was imputed righteousness. So, you know, is salvation then just a process? Like, and that's what some people teach. Where it's like, well, it kind of all starts here, but then it ends here. Well, man, I hope it doesn't take 70 years or 60 years to get saved. And, I, and, and we've preached, I've preached on that before. Salvation is not a process. Salvation is an event. All right, you must be born again. Okay? You, it's, it's an event. It's a, it happens in one day. It happens in a moment. When a person believes on Christ, they, they call on the Lord for salvation. It's done. It's taken care of. But here we have Abraham at three different times saying it was imputed to him for righteousness. So what's going on here? Well, let's look back at Romans chapter 4 and verse 23. It says, Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. So right here, it talks about the righteousness being imputed to us, not if we're willing to believe some big thing, not if we're willing to have this strong faith. But look what it says. It says uh, it will be imputed if we believe on him. And isn't that exactly what we've been teaching? You know, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. That's exactly what we teach. But notice how... When it comes to Abraham, it's mentioned in a few different places. Why is that? Because Abraham is the father of those who believe, all who get saved, but he also is the father of those who are strong in their faith. Those who not only, uh, you know, who not just get saved, but those who do great things through their faith. Because let me tell you something about faith. Faith is not something that we're meant to have just to get us salvation. We're supposed to live by faith. We're supposed to have faith every day. We're supposed to be growing in our faith. We should, we're supposed to not just, we're not only supposed to just get saved through faith, but we're also supposed to do great works through faith. That's what Hebrews chapter 11 is all about. And Hebrews chapter 11 is going on and on, and it's giving us all these examples of great things that people accomplished through faith. And let me tell you something, when it comes to faith, for you to get saved, it's not about your works, it's about the works of Jesus Christ. You have to have faith in his work. You have to be willing to admit, I can't work my way to heaven, I can't earn salvation on my own, I just need to trust in him. But when it comes to faith for anything else, you're supposed to do some work. Listen, if you have faith that God is going to save people, then that means you need to go out and you need to go tell somebody how to get saved. If you've got faith that God is going to provide for our church and God's going to do great things or God's going to help us get this building that we're trying to get. You know what you need? If you really have faith that God's going to do that, you need to be willing to give towards that. 
You need to be willing to do something for that. I have faith that God's going to do great things in Liberty Baptist Church. Well, then you need to do something because when it comes to the work that a church does, God has called us to do the work. And if we actually believe that God wants that done, if we actually have faith, you know what? We're going to do the work. We're going to do exactly what God calls us to do. So now, so notice what we have to do to be justified by Abraham. Okay. To be saved, it is just to believe. But here's what people are missing when it comes to Abraham. Said it's not just that he's the father of those who are are saved, but he's the father of those who are saved and are not weak in their faith. And it is possible to be weak in faith. There's no because let me because let's think about this for a minute. Why is it that you know God credited Abraham? We see in Hebrews 11 there were a lot of people that had faith, weren't there? A lot of people had faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, a lot of people are named in the Old Testament who are known for their faith. Why did God pick Abraham? God picked Abraham because he's probably the greatest example of faith that we see from any man. And so when we get saved, we automatically become children of Abraham, but we ought to strive. We ought to work to walk in the footsteps of Abraham. We ought to try to have great faith like Abraham. And we've got a lot of people today who are children of Abraham who are not walking in the steps of their father, Abraham. And just like there are many people today who they are children of their fathers physically, but they are not walking in the footsteps of their fathers physically. There's a lot of people today who are saved, but they are not walking in the footsteps of their father, Abraham. And they should be. They need to do that. If you go to this church and you're saved, you know what? We want you to be a twofold child of Abraham. We don't want you to just be saved, but we want you to be strong in your faith. We want you to walk in the footsteps of our father Abraham. We want you to increase in faith, and we want you to do great works for God. That's what we want. I hope nobody ever comes here. I hope nobody gives. I hope nobody does any work around here so they can earn their way to heaven. That's not going to work, but I hope all of you in here, you do great works for God because you want to please him, because you want to be strong in your faith, because you want to be that twofold child of Abraham. And when we get saved, God wants us to strengthen our faith and what we, and what we ought to strive for is to be that twofold child. And it's super easy to get the first part down. Anybody can do that. You know, all I had to do to become a child of Tom McMurtry survived birth. You know, I just had to be born, you know, and then I became a child of, you know, of, you know I, was, I was a child of Tom McMurtry. It, but, uh, and you could say in many ways, I'm a twofold child of Tom McMurtry because I'm a lot like my dad. You know, my dad, he started the church at 30 years old. I started a church at 30 years old. You know, I'm a Baptist pastor. He's a Baptist pastor. You know, there's differences, too. You know, my dad, he's always talking about how I, how I had to outdo him. You know, he had one boy and four girls. I had two boys and five girls. You know, I did him on, uh, you know, both of those things there. You know, there's, but there's a lot of things when it comes to my dad where, you know, like, yeah, he is a twofold child of Tom McMurtry. You know, and no two people are exactly alike, but same thing. When, for us to become that child of Abraham, all we had to do was get saved. And we're children of Abraham by faith in Christ Jesus, but God wants us to actually be like him in our day-to-day life. God didn't just save us so we could sit on a shelf 
you know, and just kind of put a little tag on ourselves saying, child of Abraham, you know, I'm all good. No, God wants us to actually now do something like Abraham did because Abraham's faith didn't stop when he was in his 70s when he got saved. He went on to just be a man of great faith to the point that God called, he called, he was called the friend of God. This, this pleased God in a great way. And so we ought to strive, we ought to strive to be that twofold child. And so we get the first part down, we get saved. And when you believe on Christ, you are justified before God. But watch this. When you do great works, you are justified before men. Okay, because notice how it mentions in Romans 4, how these things were not just written for his sake, but they were also written for us. You see, we now have a great example of someone we can look to, of someone who was saved, of someone who has faith, because you and I, we can't see the heart, folks. We can't see the hearts of people. We can only see the works. And isn't it a blessing when we have a good example that we can look to? When we don't just have the word of God, but we also have an example that we can see. And Abraham is an example that God gave to us of someone that, listen, this guy, yeah, he was justified before me. I called him a father of many nations before he even had a child. But you know what? Abraham did have a child. Boy, you know, not only that, Abraham believed I was going to give him a child at 100 through his wife, who was 90. And not only that, Abraham, he still believed I could multiply his seed as the star of heaven, even if he killed his own son. Abraham believed that I would raise him from the dead if he killed him, even though no one had ever been raised from the dead at that point. You know why Abraham believed that? Because he had received Isaac in a like figure. God had preached the gospel to Abraham. Abraham knew about the coming death, burial, and resurrection of God's son, Jesus Christ. And since God gave him Isaac in a like figure, he's thinking, if I lay him down, if I kill him, God will just raise him up from the dead. And God didn't do that. He, God didn't have him kill him. But Abraham was willing to do it because he had that much faith. And so you and I, we look at Abraham and we say, man, there is no doubt in our minds that Abraham believed God. I mean, God didn't just tell us he's saved. Abraham proved to us that he is saved. Look at this. Not, not so much, you know, or look at the, you know, just look at the faith. Look at what he was willing to do. Look at how much he believed God. He went on to do great things for God. And we ought to want to do great things for God. We ought to want to just show great faith and do great works. That ought to be the desire of every Christian. And we now know that we can because of our father Abraham, who was justified before us through the great works that he did. And that ought to be what we shoot for. And so let's go to James 2 now. All right, let's go to James 2. Now, looking at all these things, and let's look at some context before we get to every lordship salvation you know, clown out there's favorite verse in the Bible that they like to use while ignoring everything else. So let's look at verse 1 of James chapter 2, and it says, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. Okay? He's, he's telling them here, if, if you have the faith of Christ, don't have it with respect of persons. We ought to be better than that as Christians. God expects more from us as believers. You and I, someone who have been saved from our sins, 
Someone who God has cleansed, who God has forgiven, he's pardoned our transgressions, forgiven our iniquities. For us to have respect of persons is pretty sad. That's a really bad example, but it's obviously possible to do that. And he gives some examples. We're not going to read through all of James chapter 2. We're going to kind of hit some highlights. But he's telling them not to have the faith of our Lord Jesus, Lord glory, with respect to persons. In the entire chapter, he's talking about how save, about save people and how they should treat others. Okay, if I go to you and I say, don't, have, you know, don't be saved and doing this or doing that, okay? That's something, I would, you know, that's something I would say to all of you. I'm, going to, I'm speaking to you as saved people. That's what James is doing here. He's talking to saved people. And he's not telling them how to get saved. He's telling them, hey, you as saved people, don't, don't do this. You know why? Because it's a bad example. Listen, if you as saved people are going out there and you're living like the devil, you're going to be a bad example to the people that we're trying to reach. You're still saved. You're still justified before God, but you're not going to be justified before the people that we're trying to reach. It says in verse 15. Um, well, let's do four, verse 14. What does the problem, my brethren? Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? So right here, when people see that save him, they just assume salvation of the soul, even though he hasn't even been talking about this. He's been talking about being a blessing to other people. He's talking about someone being hungry, someone who is destitute here in need of daily food. Okay. A person who is destitute, hungry, in need of daily food. Okay. They need somebody to save them. All right. Of not a spiritual salvation, a physical salvation. And if you come along to them and you say, man, I've got faith that God can feed you. I've got faith that God can fill your belly and God's going to protect you and take care of all your needs. I just believe, you know, what? you know, let's pray, brother, right now. Let's go. Let's pray. And, you know, boy, you lay your hands on him. Lord, I ask that you fill this man's belly. You know, he's starving. I pray that you fill his wallet with cash and you provide for all his needs. Amen. Hey, you're going to be OK, brother. God's with you. I have faith. And then you just leave him. Hey, can your faith save him? Absolutely not. Boy, you didn't do that guy a bit of good. You just made yourself feel spiritual. That's all you did. Don't have the, you know, don't have faith without the works. Hey, if you really do have faith, why don't you fill his belly? Well, because then what will I put in my belly? Oh, I'll have faith. <laughs> well, you know, it works for him, but it doesn't work for you. You know, your faith will fill his belly, but it won't fill your belly. You know, why don't you fill his wallet up with cash? Why don't you do something about that instead of just praying about it? Why don't you say to them, depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? You don't do anyone any good. And notice how in verse uh, 14 it mentions, what doth it profit? What good are we doing to other people? If we have faith, we're saved, but we don't have works like Abraham. What good are we doing? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is being dead alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. All right, you all see that? That's how we show other people our faith. Okay? We're not trying to show God our faith through our works. Boy, what do you think is going to happen if you go to God and say, Lord, I'm asking for the earned gift of salvation. I went to church this week. I read my Bible. I read 14 chapters this week. I prayed for 47 minutes. 
and I only cussed twice, and I asked for forgiveness both times. All right. Are you really going to show God your works when asking for salvation? You know what you're going to do? You're going to plead the blood of Christ. That's what you do before God. Okay? But if you are going to prove you have faith, okay, not for salvation. If you're going to prove, no, hey, I believe God can provide needs. I believe God can do great things. I believe the Lord can build a church. I believe God can do this or anything else other than salvation. You better have some works. That's what you better have. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to show you my faith by my works. That's what James is saying right there. Thou believest that there is one God. See right here, this proves you can't just believe. Thou believest that there is one God. The devils also believe and tremble. Well, let me ask you this. Since when have we taught that monotheism is what gets a person saved? Because the Muslims only believe in one God. You know, most religions only believe in one God. The Catholics believe in one God. But here's the thing. Where does it say you have to be saved by believing in one God? No, the Bible says you have to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You have to believe on God's Son. You have to have you have to believe on him by faith. This is that is not a verse. That's just saying you, you know, when it's saying you know, um, the devils also believe and tremble. It's just it's just saying, you know, who cares what you know? That's what that's saying. Who cares what you know? What matters is what you do. OK, if you go and right before you murder me, you tell me, hey, you know what? I can quote the Ten Commandments. Hey, who cares what you know? I want to see what you do. How about you live, thou shalt not kill? All right? You know how many people have murdered and they could quote, thou shalt not kill? Who cares what you know? What matters is what you do. Who cares if you can quote, thou shalt not steal when you're picking my pocket? You're not doing me any good with what you know. And let me tell you something. When it comes to what you know, it doesn't profit anybody else if you're not doing the right thing. And people you try to use this too, you know, when it comes to salvation, it's not just, you know, acknowledging certain facts about Jesus Christ. We're not talking about salvation right here. Okay, we're talking to save people who are wanting to follow in the footsteps of their father Abraham. Okay, we moved on from that, all right? I mean, these people, unfortunately, they just haven't even figured out for sure if they're saved. That's why they're getting saved every year. Okay, but here in church today, we ought to have this nailed down. We're, we're saved. We know we're on the way to heaven. But you know what? Now we're going to preach that faith without works is dead, trying to motivate you all to go do something for the Lord. Amen. And you know who we're going to use as an example? If we're going to use an example, we're going to use Abraham because he's the best example that there is. Abraham was willing to offer up his own son. You're not even willing to offer up lunch. That's how, that's how, that's how little faith you have. And thankfully God didn't tell you had to give up your lunch to go to heaven, but you might have to give up your lunch to do something for God. You might have to give up some things. You might have to give up some money. You might have to do without some things that very well may be the case. If you're going to do something for God says in verse 20, but thou wilt thou know O vain man that faith without works is dead. And let me tell you, anytime somebody tries to tell you that faith without works is dead and referring to your salvation, you know what you just tell them, man, my faith does not come without works. My faith has the works of Jesus Christ. You want to call those dead works? Amen. Hey, yeah, my faith is dead works. Or my, my works are dead works, according to Hebrews. Strike that. Get that makes up. But at the same time, 
my, the work for my salvation was performed by Jesus Christ. So I, my faith for my salvation is not in dead works. It's just not in my works. It's in the work of Jesus Christ. So was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar, seeing thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. It was complete. Something was produced. Faith and works always are going to produce something good. Faith plus the works of Jesus Christ, that equals salvation for us. Faith plus you going out and, you know, giving the gospel. Faith plus you giving your tithes and offerings. Faith plus you doing whatever work. That actually equals things being accomplished for God. Okay? You ought to have faith and works. We can't just have a bunch of people that we just show up to church every week. I'm just praying the Lord does something. I've got faith that God's going to do something. Well, you know, it's amazing how many pastors today, they're sitting in their churches just, man, you know. Sure hope somebody shows up, you know, they're trying to muster up some faith that God's going to do something. It's like, well, um, you know, I believe God's going to do something great today. You know, why? Because I have faith. Well, did you knock any doors this week? Did you invite anybody? Did you do anything? I I believe God can bring them in. You know, it's the Lord that builds a church. Well, I understand that the Lord builds a church, but you all understand that, you know, we are the ones who are supposed to do the work. We We are the ones that he sent out to go in the highways and hedges. You know, you're, you, you have faith without works, buddy, and they're dead. And you know what? Your church is dead as a result of it. Okay? We're saved now. We've moved on. We're walking in the steps of our father Abraham. So we have faith with works. And we're going to keep on doing those works. And it says, And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And Abraham was saved. Is that what it says? No, he was called the friend of God. When Abraham did this work of being willing, and I mean, he he was going to go through with it. There was no doubt about it. He was about to kill his own son. When he did this, he didn't get rewarded salvation, but he got rewarded this title that no one else ever got called the friend of God. Okay, now why is it we're friends with people, right? A lot of times it's because of things we have in common. Well, what do you think God and Abraham had in common? Two people who were willing to lay down the life of their own son. Two fathers who had sons that were willing to allow, or that would allow their father to kill them. Isaac could have overpowered Abraham. Isaac was also being obedient in this situation. But, so this was a connection here that God and Abraham had that none of us are ever going to have. God's not going to ask us to give up our son. He already did that for us. But boy, we have Ab- he has Abraham, though, as someone who proved that he was willing. And so God has put him forth as an example for all the children of Abraham to follow after. Saying, I want you to be that child of Abraham by believing on me, but I also want you to be a child of Abraham by following in the footsteps of your father Abraham. Don't be weak in the faith. Don't stagger at the promise through unbelief. You know what? Do believe what I I told you I would do and then go do something with it. Go actually accomplish something for the cause of Christ. And so he says, you see then how that by works man is justified and not by faith only Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, 
So faith without works is dead also. I think it's interesting how he used Rahab the harlot. He used Abraham, who showed probably the greatest example of faith. And then he used Rahab the harlot. What did she do? She just received the messengers and she sent them out another way. What did she do? What did they tell her to do? Hey, just put that scarlet cord in the window. And that's how they knew that, hey, that house is going to be fine. We're going to leave them alone. They're okay. Just that little thing she did. Had she not been willing to do that little work, well, then how would they have known not to kill her and her family when they're going through and they're slaying whoever's left? She had to be willing to do that work to prove to them that she did believe that she was on their side, that she wasn't working against them. And you know what? We need to prove our faith to other people. We need to show people who are people of faith. And over the next couple of weeks, I do, I want to talk about that. I want us to look at the examples of Abraham and talk about how we can show our faith to other people. So how we can be justified by our works to man. That is what we need. And so we ought to strive to have that imputed righteousness by man through works. We want people to credit us and believe, hey, that man, that person is saying, we're talking to about, in many cases, unbelievers here. We want them, if, if we don't have the works, they are not going to believe us. And if you don't have the works, and when it comes to, you know, hey, I believe God's going to do great things in this church. I believe, you know, the Lord's going to do this. I believe the Lord. If you don't have works, I'm not going to believe you have faith. Now, when we're trying to find out if you're saved, we don't ask you about your works. We don't look for your works. Then you know what we do? We ask you what your testimony is. And you better talk about the blood of Christ. You better talk about the cross when it comes to that. But anything, anything else, anything else, you got to have works. And so anyway, that's how you be a twofold child of Abraham. Get saved and then be like Abraham. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word. I pray that this message was a challenge and a help to everyone. Lord, help us not to just be satisfied with the fact that we're saved. But Lord, help us to try to grow in that faith, increase our faith. And Lord, I pray you will uh, show uh, great things in the lives of each one here. I pray that uh, this church will be full of just shining examples to the world of those uh, who do have faith, and I pray uh, that just uh, fantastic things will be accomplished uh, you know, through the works that are done by those here. In your name we pray. Amen.